1: Welcome to this next episode of the Brains Magazine Podcast. To say that I'm pumped would be an understatement. This lady is somebody that ever since I first met her on Zoom, just love this woman, full of life, full of energy, beautiful heart, beautiful spirit, and an incredible mind. And it's my job as the host of this amazing podcast to draw as much out of this lady as possible. Today, we have Tricia Brooke. Tricia is the International Award-winning Director founder of the Big Talk Academy and also the author of her new book, The Influential Voice. How are you today, my dear, precious Tricia?
0: Mark, I am so excited for you to squeeze out of me every and anything. It's all all available to you.
1: I love that. I mean, with with that is a great responsibility. Uh, And I always think like the best podcasts are always the ones that are able to build a rapport and great chemistry with the guest and draw out just the natural stories. You know, your whole book is around storytelling, finding your voice. You know, this podcast interview, I'm really excited about it. Cause if I do my job right and use all the skills that I have, and if you've got a heart willing to give everything I ask, then it's going to be one of the best ones we've produced. Right. I'm in the best hands, Mark. Yeah. It's, 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 a beautiful thing to come across somebody who's so genuine and and heartfelt, you know, and I just radiate that back. Um, But I want to dive straight in, Trisha. I want to maximize this time we have together. I want to know, how do we find our voice? You know, you wrote a whole book on, you know, being, you know, and having an influential voice, but how do we find our voice?
0: We don't have to find it. We have to give ourselves permission to use it everyone has an influential voice, whether you are a teacher in front of a classroom, a parent at the dinner table with your kids, a CEO across the boardroom table from your employees and your um, team, or whether you're a thought leader sharing on social media, everybody has the opportunity to share their powerful message through their point of view. And when you do that, when you give yourself permission to use that powerful voice, you can change and even save a life.
1: Mm, I love that. And it's interesting that you said it's not something that you find, it's something that's already there. You know, it's, it's a permission to kind of believe in, in what your message is and to actually become one with yourself. And I think, you know, we love personal development love leadership you know and, and your ability to lead self is really going to be key to i think the the mark that we leave on this earth you know and I, I love that whole thought process of you know it's not something we find it's just something that we give permission to now i've obviously been reading a little bit of your new book as well and there's some questions around that that i want to ask you um one of the things that i read is is that you believe that our ego uh, hijacks our voice um, why do you believe that? And how, how does that come about um, when it comes to, you know, operating out of your own truth?
0: When you allow your ego to lead, it will prevent you from speaking authentically. It will prevent you from sharing personal stories that may be vulner- vulnerable for you. And it's really important that when we as communicators, influential voices, speakers, leaders... When we take the stage, whether it is literally a stage or whether it is figuratively the stage, we must lead from the heart and from the truth. And that requires us to be willing to be criticized, to be willing to get feedback that we might not want. And that's why if we can take let our egos take a back seat the truth will come forward and that heart centered effective communication is how you reach people if you're pretending to be someone you're not or leading with ego because you want it to be about you you won't have the kind of impact that's possible when you th- when you thoroughly lead from your heart
1: yeah love that and and the world needs that more th- more than ever you know it's in pain it's crying out it's struggling mental health through through the roof isolation suicide all these difficult choices that that we're left with we we need people to be able to lead with the heart which you know you do and it's one of the reasons why I think we we connect the way that we do because you know it's really coming from a place of heart or not at all
0: absolutely absolutely there's no reason for me to get up in the morning if I'm not going to show up fully and vulnerably and impactfully for my community for my husband, for my friends. I want to be in full alignment at all times. And when my ego starts to hijack my voice, I know it right away. And that gives me an opportunity to self-correct. It gives me an opportunity to take a step back. Oh, what's happening here? Am I leading with ego? Why am I leading with ego? It's usually because of fear for fear of something. And just to take a pause and to trust that I don't need to be afraid.
1: And I find it so liberating, actually, sometimes just to say, you know, I'm not that good at that. And that's okay, You know, and uh, I love that. I love being able to have the confidence to say, actually, I I do suck at this, but it's perfectly okay, You know, you've only got to find the one thing that you're good at. Stay in your lane, sharpen the sword uh, and execute. We don't have to be great at everything, do we? Nor
0: should we try to be great at everything. Mm. We're all human beings. We're all flawed. And when you can determine and, and really understand what your literally your purpose, your values, and your mission are, then that's going to keep you on track. And the second your ego shows up, when you go back to purpose, values, and mission, then it's it's a no-brainer. You're clear on what you're what you're doing in the world.
1: Mm. Having having interviewed thousands of thought leaders, creatives, you know, my ears are constantly open and on occasion something somebody says hits me between the eyeballs and kind of really resonates and something that you said I think and you said some great things but this one thing that you said uh, really has st- stayed with me ever since which was you know you said speak from your scars and not your wounds you know what what did you mean by that because I think that's such a rich beautiful uh, poetic thought there
0: I'm not I'm sure I'm not the first person who has said that and it really comes from a place of when you are sharing vulnerably it must be from a place of healing and when you are sharing vulnerably it must be so that you can teach others how to heal if you're sharing from a place of vulnerability and you're not yet healed from the trauma you're going to require the audience to take care of you and that is not our job as a speaker as a communicator it's your responsibility to take care of us as an audience and when you're speaking from a stage and this is a specific tip if you allow yourself to become emotional from the stage you rob the audience of having those emotions you must speak from a place of vulnerability that is healed and that is the scar so that the audience can have the experience of the emotion
1: Mm. that's beautiful and something something to chew on i think you know i I think that's, I, lo- I love when there's a seed planted, you just need a bit of time to process that, what you said. And I'm audience obsessed too. I think, you know, that was one thing that radio really taught me. You know, it's not about me. It's not even about you, Trisha. It's about the person that's listening, you know, and having the audience front and center, just like customer service, when you see it through the eyes of your customer, uh, it's amazing. You know, it's amazing. And you know, my background was hospitality. And when I celebrated my 40th recently, I had a real, I had a private room called the library. Uh, and it sat 17 of the people in my life that I loved and cared for the most. And uh, the table was all set up, glasses, cutlery, you know, some candles. It's got some ramekins of mint sauce and horseradish. But in one of the ramekins, it had plastic ketchup sachets totally spoiled like the ambience It stuck stuck out like a sore thumb and it's amazing i use this as a metaphor like sometimes we really don't take the position uh of a customer like i used to sit in every seat within my restaurant and get a clear view of what people could see and it would be amazing when you change your your perspective you see things in a totally different light you know, is so important, isn't it, to be able to remember the audience?
0: Absolutely. When I'm directing a play or a musical and I'm teching the show, I sit in the balcony. I sit stage right. I sit stage left. I sit directly downstage. I sit in every single seat in the theater so that if there is one thing that the person in house left can't see, I make the adjustment for them.
1: Exactly. And we need to get in the habit of that following that process. 100%. Now, one of the things that I noticed in your book is you and I love this because it really I love like the place. You, you focused a little bit of uh, energy and time on the mission statements of companies. And I'm always drawn to those as well. A few of them that you mentioned I was very familiar with. What would you say is your favorite company mission statement you've seen and why?
0: I have to say, I love my company mission statement because we, at every team meeting, we someone on the team reads our mission statement and it's really to amplify and elevate voices and create an army of heart-centered communicators through love, respect, curiosity, excellence, um, and inclusion. And I say that because Amazon, Apple, Nike, they all have amazing mission statements. And my beautiful, intimate company, we really believe in the mission of this company as well. And I say this because you as an influential voice can create a mission statement for your the company of you. Mm. And so I say this so that everybody listening can be inspired today to go home and to write down the mission statement of the company of you. Mm -hmm. And when you understand what that is, you will always stay on track with how you're showing
1: up in the world. Mm. I love that. And I also love that I've led you down the path I wanted you to go, which kind of goes nicely because, you know, I have a mission statement myself. I I printed it out. I've had it framed uh, on my desk. It's something that I keep front and center as to why I get up every day, even if I don't feel like it, even if I'm a bit under the weather. You know, maybe I can't be bothered. Maybe the motivation's not there, but having a commitment to my greater self is something that I think is really important. Do you have any tips or advice for people in writing their mission statement?
0: What I would say is determine what you're passionate about and then include the strategy with how you're going to get there inside of the mission statement.
1: Like it. So it's kind of twofold it's the essence, but also the strategy behind right
0: that way you're constantly in action with the mission statement
1: yeah i love it something that's surreal and breathing rather than something that's passive you know love that i think the thing out of the couple of chapters that i've read so far in the influential voice um the one the one phrase that really uh, hit me and i want to talk a little bit about it with you is you said that by not sharing your story you are denying someone an opportunity to heal um so a couple of questions within this first of all like if you can go a little deeper with what you mean on that and then second what is your story
0: Ooh. when you don't share your story out of fear out of self sabotage out of limiting beliefs you are literally preventing the one person on the planet from hearing your story and potentially healing and i find that irresponsible i find it selfish And that's why I want to give permission to everyone who's listening and everyone who's reading the book to share your story. There are 7.8 billion people on the planet. And now more than ever, we know without a doubt we are connected. For the first time in history, every single human being on this planet has experienced the pandemic. We are all one, we are all connected. And when you are clear that sharing your story is going to reach the one person that it's meant to, that is how you change lives, that is how you save lives. And that is how you connect to that person so that they are meant to hear what you're saying and potentially can heal from sharing your story. My story story starts out in Arnold, Missouri. I grew up on a farm in a small town with my grandparents who lived next door. We had cows and cornfields and I learned how to shoot a gun from my grandfather. We had squirrel for lunch. We had cow brains for dinner. And I knew with all of my heart that I was not going to stay there and that I was going to move to New York City to pursue a career in dance. I did that and danced all over the world. Paris Opera, Lisbon, all of these opera houses all over Europe, BAM Opera House in New York City, in Brooklyn, Lincoln Center in New York City, and had an incredible career. And during that entire process, I was unconsciously competent. I was disciplined. I had dreams. I had goals. I had grit. I had drive. And I was not yet connected to source. I just thought you work hard and you get things done and you're talented and it happens for you. And then all of a sudden I realized that every action that I take, every energetic connection to source that I allow gives me the opportunity to serve at a higher level. And I had a fantastic career in dance. I moved from dance into choreography and film, television, and theater. I've worked with some exceptional A-list actors. I moved into directing and writing and producing my own films, my own plays and musicals. I've directed several short documentaries that have won awards all over the world. And then I realized I could actually leave a lasting legacy by supporting speakers in taking big stages, whether it's a Ted stage or a keynote or a conference or what whatever. When I realized I had that opportunity and I could use my skills in the theater as a director, that was all, I was all in, that was what I was meant to do. And I'm still making movies and writing plays and I get to support thought leaders on a much bigger level. And it is absolutely what I'm meant to be doing.
1: I love that and you're so full of beans Um, so you can't help but believe what you say because you can see it just comes out of your pores and I love that and love all that creative side that you have and love the theater and the experience that you've drawn from that in your life and also in what you're doing now whether it's writing or with the Big Talk Academy I love that you're using elements of what it is to create memory what it is to create emotion what it is to Uh, take your message in for it to to resonate and land and um you know if you're ever looking for a a handsome Englishman in one of your films would love to put myself put myself forward for that
0: I love that yes let's let's have a conversation about that Mark
1: I would love it so much Uh, a little a little bit of a a serious question here And, and um I don't think I've asked it before um you know, if you if you were to die today, Trisha, would you be satisfied with your life?
0: Absolutely. I do not fear death. I plan for it, if you will. And what I mean by that is every person in my life knows how much I love them. Every person in my life has received a handwritten note about how much I love them, or a book, or a trinket, or a stone. I am extremely active in making sure people know that they are seen heard and felt and loved by me. And if tomorrow's the day, amen, my friend.
1: And I I knew the answer to that. I just think because we don't really talk about some of those difficult questions sometimes, you know, and I remember when I lost a friend, I think he was 32. I think it happened maybe seven, seven or eight years ago. It affected a lot of people, obviously, taken young, you know, but I've already been living quite intentionally and, and consciously, but for others, it really rattled, I think, their, their purpose, you know, and um, what the really me- meaning of life is. And, you know, it, it is so important, I think, for us all to get to a point where actually if today was our last day, we, you know, we'd be satisfied. You know, and uh, it's important that we continue to do that, that which we love, you know, and and we do express because you just talked about the reason why you don't fear death is actually because you've you've been honest with those that you love and care about. You haven't hid yourself, you know, and and people are hiding uh, for different reasons and really need people to come uh, and embrace their truth.
0: This life is so precious and it is so short and I have so much to accomplish and so many people to serve and showing up. And that's why I get up at 4 a.m., Mark, because I, have, I want to get it all in, because we don't know when the expiration date is. And being able to show up fully under all the circumstances, pain, fatigue, overwhelm, kids, pets, rain, pandemic, whatever it is. We have an opportunity to touch someone's life every single day if we just share our voice.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love it. I want to ask you, because you're very, very accomplished and uh, very comfortable in your own skin. You know who you are and you you know who you're not. But if, If you could download a skill just like an app, you know, if you could get on your phone, go to the app store. You could download any skill that you are missing in your life. What would it be?
0: I would love more than anything to really be able to sing like my husband.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I fancy myself a singer. My husband begs to differ. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so your ability to sing would be what you download. Yeah, pretty much. Is there, is there a particular sort of singer that you admire?
0: I... I'm obsessed with Adele.
1: Yes. Good English girl.
0: Yeah. Easy to be obsessed. Her voice, her poetry. I absolutely love her, her music.
1: And my mom knows her auntie. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Got to get her on the podcast.
1: Oh, that would be awesome. Wouldn't it? Isn't it funny? Sometimes, you know, you can identify people you'd love to get on the podcast. And sometimes, you know, we used to always hear, uh, it's who, you know, And then you would hear it's who knows you, (laughs) you know, and it's interesting sometimes I think to be able to draw people in when they are at that caliber, because probably from their point of view, they feel that it's really for the good of everybody else, but maybe not them. How, what would you, what would you say to how to treat uh, and encourage maybe people that, that are celebrities at the high of the game to be able to be drawn into what you do since you have worked with, you know, a list celebrities, what would, what would be your thought there?
0: When you show up fully in alignment with your own authentic self, you attract your vibration attracts those folks. And it really is just about being conscious and understanding your ability to be in receivership and to manifest And I'll give you a perfect example. I live in New York City. I'm a fan of Maya Wiley. I watch her on MSNBC. She's a a political pundit. She's a, a lawyer. She's fantastic. She spars with Ari Melber, and I just adore her. And so I gave her campaign money when she was running for mayor of New York City. Joe and I are sitting there watching the ads come on for all the mayors, for all the mayoral candidates, and hers comes on. And he turns to me and says, honey, she should have hired you. And I thought, yeah, she needs a little direction in this ad campaign, the commercial's not great. Guess what? The next day her, comp- her, her competitor, Kath- Catherine Garcia's campaign manager called me and said, we want you to work with Catherine Garcia on her debate skills. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Let me get on a call, find out if our values and politics are in alignment. And they were, and I ended up coaching Catherine Garcia to run for mayor in new york city now both of these women lost to a man that's another conversation that we'll have another (laughs) time but that's the kind of thing i'm talking about manifesting the connection to anybody no matter where they are in the world what their profile is because they're meant to meet you
1: Mm. yes yes i want to i want to balance this off a little with you know i believe in the law of attraction Like I I believe in, you know, having intention, Um, but I also believe that on its own, it isn't enough. Sometimes people are like, you know, I can say, you know, I'm going to be a millionaire living a six bedroom house on three acres of land until they're blue in the face. You have to have action behind uh, declaration and affirmation, right? Because I think sometimes all I hear is, you know, if you believe it, you can achieve it. I I don't actually agree with it. Uh, there has to be, there has to be substance and action alongside the belief.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. You have to put it into action. You can't just sit back and wait for your bank account to increase or sit back and expect Adele to call you. You've made the de- declaration today with me that that's something you desire. And now that you've said it, you have to take action to make it happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I won't I won't uh, see if I've got the skill of singing just yet. But maybe it might be good, you know, one day to do uh, the Brains podcast musical. That would be quite uh, interesting, wouldn't it?
0: I would love that. We could sing it. I will direct that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. You know, I have aspirations within the whole Brains community of creating a few live events, one in the UK, one in Sweden, one in the US. Definitely have you a part of that would be epic.
0: Amazing. It will be epic.
1: It would be. Right, Next, my next thought, and I've asked this question, it's trumped a few people, so let's see how you handle it. Are you ready? I'm ready. (laughs) If Trisha Brooke didn't exist, why would the world need to create her? I'm
0: going to let this wash over me, because that's a really deep question. The world would create Trisha Brooke because the world needs community and real, real deep community. I attract people who want to elevate and amplify each other. I attract people who are looking out for the greater good and who are willing to get their hands dirty in the process, who are willing to make mistakes, who are willing to be criticized, and I am literally creating and attracting an army of heart-centered communicators who are making the world a better place. And without me in the world, that might not exist the way that I'm creating it and curating it. Not that I'm the one who's making it all happen. That's not what I mean. But I think that is why people would want to create somebody like me who's doing this.
1: Mm, love that. Beautiful question. Beautiful answer. <laughs> now we've touched on a little bit around stories, you know, yeah, I mentioned, you know, by not showing your story, you are doing someone an opportunity, you're denying someone an opportunity to heal, you know, and I asked you a little bit about your story. Um, another question that I want to ask you around this is whose story saved you?
0: Hmm, that's a very interesting question. I don't know if I've ever been saved, Mark. Okay. My, a story that I was very connected to in LA, uh, one of my films was premiering and it's called You're Gorgeous, I Love Your Shirt an inside look at bullying and mental health. Mm. And I featured a young girl from the Midwest who is blonde and gorgeous. And you would never for a second think she was being bullied, which is why I featured her and her family. And the film was premiering in LA. We were in the theater and there was a few people in there. It was a very small audience. And they, Tanya and Lindsay were with me. We walk outside to the lobby after the premiere and a stranger approaches me and says, I wanna just thank you for making this film. I was bullied growing up and I recently got divorced and I was considering ending my life and I've changed my mind. We are not alone. That story was something that I will always go back to because of the responsibility and the urgency with which I make movies and with which I support speakers, that story not necessarily saved my life, but it fuels my passion.
1: Beautiful. It's a, it's amazing, isn't it? How sometimes we come across people, you know, and, and they're the one who, who's in pain and yet the way that they are moving through the challenge is actually the thing that, that wakes us up and brings healing to ourselves. And as you said, you know, if we're not sharing our story, we're denying somebody else a chance to heal. And that's why we have to have a voice as to all the difficult things that we go through, you know, because it makes us relatable. And when we're vulnerable, we build trust and trust is what really helps change people's lives.
0: Trust, vulnerability connection
1: yeah it's 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 so it's so beautiful and and profound as well and and provoking you know at the same time and i think that you know this this interview with yourself is something that is so deep and real and human and, and what the world needs more you know we're we're kind of less satisfied now with you know the five steps to this or or how to create a six figure business or you know whatever it is we want heartfelt you know communication we want to know how we can heal ourselves and then heal those around us and you know if we want to change the world we have to change our own world first right
0: for sure and for the listeners Mark and I are, we see each other, we're on a zoom call and we can literally see each other. And so that communication was important and it was made before we actually started recording. And I also share with the listeners that Mark, you are modeling that vulnerable connection on every single podcast interview on every single clubhouse that you moderate. And that is so powerful. And it's so wonderful to witness. You're teaching us how to communicate authentically with one another, so I think many people don't know how
1: yeah i think I think that's true and appreciate your your kind words and i I always think that you know we reflect back a lot of what we see in each other and uh, it's it's very it's very heartfelt and and rich and i I appreciate it very much uh, Tricia is there anything else burning within you that you wanted to share very briefly before Uh, We find out how people can better interact with you, how they get a copy of your book. I know that you want to uh, lead people to a call to action uh, as well.
0: I would love to share that New York City is coming back to life. Broadway is happening. The Speaker Salon is happening at the Tread Theater. Restaurants are open. People are living their lives. This is such a powerful and magical city. And I have more love and solidarity for my city than I ever have before. I've lived here for three decades. And for anybody who thinks that New York is dead, it's not. It's a beautiful, thriving city. I'm sitting here looking across the street out of my office window at the Alvin Ailey dancers. Right now they're taking ballet class. And every day I get to watch the dancers live their dreams. So I share that because I live in the most amazing city in the world. And if you ever want to come back to New York, you are more than welcome.
1: <laughs> I would love to. Yeah. It'd be great to, uh, to revisit, uh, New York again. It's always okay. people that make a place you see always. Yeah. You know, and. I had some interesting stories when I came to New York. I had a, some great stories of a, a young man that I met in Central Park. And that was a really beautiful, serendipitous, you know, encounter. And I really enjoyed that because I was in New York City by myself. I was there for a C-suite conference. I met up with loads of different people, but I, I didn't really have the the relationships. They were all at new kind of stage. So it's, it is a magical uh city for sure and has such a different feel to it whether you're in times square or you're in central park for sure how do people find out more about you then trisha and where do you want to lead them to today
0: Thank you so much for having me on the podcast today, Mark. It's always, always a pleasure. You can find me at trishabrook.com and that's B-R-O-U-K.com. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. And I would love to offer the listeners chapter one of the Influential Voice book, which is all about purpose, values, and mission. And you can go to the influentialvoicebook.com forward slash chapter and claim your free chapter.
1: Beautiful. Well, I encourage everybody, as soon as you've listened to this, uh, go click on that link, download the the chapter of the book, and then re-listen to this interview again. It's been so rich uh, and human, and I absolutely adore who you are and the work that you do, Tricia. So thank you for being a guest on the Brains Magazine podcast. Thank you for having me, Mark. Thank you for joining this episode with me, Mark Sefton. I hope you've really enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a positive review on iTunes and I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.